Blog Talk Radio. Mike Valverde, my partner, my buddy, Nico Sagona on the other. How you doing, Nico? Hey, hey, how you doing? Happy Monday. You know, it's not uh, not exactly the happiest of Mondays for those like myself that are fans of the black and orange, but we are checking along, Mike. We got our trade deadline coming up here very shortly, so a lot of exciting things for uh, teams kind of like us. We're in the fringe, and the fans are waiting to see which direction the organization takes us. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be bringing in any sluggers or any new fantastic athletes. It looks like we're going to be the sellers on this end, which I'm finally happy about because we definitely need to get rid of some of these players. McSuckin is number one on my list to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Mike, it's funny that you bring that up because we, you know, you and I were just talking about how we kept seeing these little, uh, you know, alerts and everything. Oh. Looks like Mitochi might be on the move. So I think it was the MLB Network was the first one to report it. And, you know, it's it's something that it's nice to think about as a Giants fan that we can move McCutcheon. But realistically, I don't know how many teams really want an aging corner outfielder. You know what I mean? He, we've seen him uh, throughout, throughout most of the year uh, that he hasn't really been as explosive as his former self. So what you're paying for is not really what you're going to get. So, I mean, and, like, obviously as you give him the – Dubious moniker of McSuckin. Uh, you know, this poor guy, he's, uh, he seems to be struggling a bit. So, if the Giants could get rid of him, I'd be super happy. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know which teams would be super happy. Mean, I think the Indians are linked and then the Philadelphia Phillies. So, those are two kind of fringe teams that would look to make kind of a, a cheaper, uh, you know, acquisition at the deadline. Well, maybe someone that that's already has a solid right field base and a center field base because – Obviously, he can't play right field, and he's too old to play center field. So, right, left field might be the perfect position for him. That way, he doesn't have to cover any ground too much and just, you know, shag fly balls whenever they come to him. Yeah, and Mike, speaking of other, you know, guys that may or may not be traded, Mad Bum has obviously just been thrown out there with every American League East uh, mention, right? The Yankees are going to get him. The Red Sox are going to get him. Okay, maybe someone like the Brewers, which is a prime fringe team, and come out and try to sign a frontline arm like Bumgarner with playoff experience. Uh, but there are, there's obviously, there's just very staunch uh, rejections and rebuttals from that, uh, from the Giants organization. They have no desire to give uh, away Matt Bum. And if they do, uh, you know, it looks like uh, it's going to have to be quite the premium price. So they keep saying no, no, no. Yeah, they really want to hang on to him. I, I think they, he really impressed them his last outing. You were at the game. What, what did you see? Oh, actually, Mike, I, I totally forgot to tell you, I didn't even go to that game. Um, I ended up oh. having work problems. I got, I got stuck in traffic. Yeah, that was the um, – I had quite the gnarly work week with coaching little three-year-olds, and uh, the three-year-olds managed to make me feel like a three-year-old. So I told my parents, I was like, hey, I'm going to be super sour all game. I'm going to be super frustrated. I'm going to leave in the seventh inning. So instead of wasting, you know, beautiful Friday night seats right there, you know, 28 rows behind the dish, I was like, you know what, why don't we give it to someone else? But uh, my little brother bring one of his best friends. So they all ended up having a grand old time. So now I, I just got to make sure I get back to the ballpark soon to avenge my skipping because I've never done it before. I've never skipped a Giants game uh, willingly. But I think that was the, the first time in my life that I had to <laughs> make the decision that with all the traffic and work, I was like, okay, this is not going to happen tonight. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. 
you know, when you work with kids, and I've worked with kids for several years teaching, and the younger, the harder it is because they're so sensitive. And, you know, um, I, you know, honestly, I think you did a great job just seeing the videos and, and just hearing the different things that people were saying. But it, it's one of those jobs that I'd say I'd be burned out in the first week. I, I couldn't last as long as you you have with with that situation. So I totally understand where you're coming yeah, like from you, on that. And like you said, you, you text me, you know, hey, it's, it's pretty you know, quick turnover, you know, because all the coaches, there's no way you survive that long. There's a reason that there's you know, new coaches all the time. So <laughs> it, may, it makes yeah. more sense. But, um, yeah, speaking of Mad Bum, so, yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to watch them. That's the worst thing in the world because I think my – not that the Giants are like they were back in the day, you know, before our World Series runs, but it, it has become to a point now where you only want to go to the game to watch a certain pitcher pitch. So for me, I'm like, all right, Derek Arthur is pitching sweet. Madbone's pitching sweet. Anyone else? I'm like, eh, Kratos' elbow's messed up. Shark, if he ever pitches again, his shoulder's all jacked up. I mean, you have all these guys like, eh, I know we're going to get our ass handed to us, so is that really the most enjoyable thing in the world? Um, so that's always kind of, you know, a little a little frustrating, but yeah, um, you know, Madden just he's so he's only making twelve million a year, Mike. I always forget this. I look at it right now. He's only making twelve million a year, uh, or he's, next year he'll make twelve million with a uh, team option. So he's under control. You know, he's a former World Series MVP. I mean, we could get a freaking you know entire farm system rebooted. We could, I think because I think our farm system, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, is always in the like the the bottom twenty five. You know what I mean? It's the like the twenty five and below. So I don't know if we're exactly, you know, 30th and the, the shittiest farm system and all, but we do definitely have a very low farm system. So it's terrible to think about trading guys like Madbum, but, I mean, I sent you in our notes. I was like, hey, trade all the lefties. And, you know, Derek Holland, somebody wants him as a little, you know, fifth starter in the playoffs. You're kind of a spot guy to keep going. Okay, cool. Get Holland out of here. Okay, you want to send um, Will Smith and Watson? You know, they, we can get a little return from those guys because I think uh, Zach Britton, the, close, the former closer for the Orioles, they traded him to the Yankees, and they got a pretty good return. So there's just certain things like that, you know. Hey, even Madbum, right, the other, other left-handed pitcher. It's like, God, it sounds terrible to say, but as a Giants fan that wants to stay competitive and, you know, watch my team do well and win, this is the time where I think it's time for us to rebuild and pray on a lot of teams needing uh, what we have. Yeah, you know, but also what's interesting, too, is, Last year, we really believed that we had nobody either. And then come to find out, half our team is stocked with with starters that were from – that started in the Rivercats organization uh, at the beginning of the year. So it's it's always weird to see how how these things change. But um, like you said, we're we're always at the bottom of things. We're never – we're already out of the situations as far as the playoffs as, as a triple A team. I think we're 15 or 16 games below 500 at this, at this time. And uh, as many games as I've been to, I tell you that there's really no one there that really stands out to me that can be a consistent uh, player. I mean, Chris Shaw has a future maybe, uh, but he strikes out just way too often. Those kind of players, they always have some kind of, like negative against it. Even Mac Williamson, who just just can't get it together. Uh, he's playing pretty well, but he's not showing any kind of uh, force to to make the Giants go. Okay, we need to make a change here, and we need to bring you up. So it, you have maybe two players on that that entire roster at this point that I can see that has a future in uh, in Major League Baseball, whether it's with the Giants or not. Yeah, and you bring that up, you know, it kind of brings up the joke that people always say you don't want to be a quadruple-A baseball player, right? You don't want to be a 4A baseball player because it's kind of where, you know, you've done your time in the triple-A system. You've seen it for a while, like Mac Williamson and Jerry Parker, these types of guys. But at the same time, they're not able to hang at the big league level, so they're kind of in the in-between triple-A and the major leagues. And it looks like the Giants sometimes have a lot of these quadruple-A players if they even are able to be considered good enough to leave. Sacramento because like you say a lot of them don't really stand out and they don't really you know there's not like one guy that pops out to you when you walk in the ballpark yeah uh, yeah exactly so I don't know what 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 we're going to do but I think we definitely need to fill fill those slots and and just bring in some players that are exciting and have a future uh even in our even in our double a all we have is uh Ramos Elliot Ramos 
single A, it's too early to actually even think about who may be available or who may not be available. So it's, it would be great to actually start building up some kind of farm system for our team. Yeah, so, like you said, I mean, uh, uh, it's tough, though, right? You trade away Mad Bum, the freaking face of our franchise. You know, I, no disrespect to Posey, but after Mad Bum cemented his, his legend status in Game 7 of the 2014 World Series, I mean, Mad Bum is arguably the face of our franchise and all the commercials and everything. So, you see him in all these, you know, I think it was the Chevy or Ford. He's a Ford. All the Ford commercials, all, you know, all these commercials yeah. you see every game. So, he's a very marketable, marketable player that's also controllable. So it's kind of understandable if the Giants want to keep a superstar on the West Coast out here. What now? What do they can do with people like Smarza? I mean, I don't even know where Smarza is or what he's doing. I know he's on the ten-day DL, but there's like no no news coming from him whatsoever. We don't even know if, his, well, if they're going to extend that or what. Yeah, partner, I was going to say, uh, jokingly, we should send him to the uh, Biogenesis or whatever the place that uh, A-Ride what used to go to. Remember that? When he used to like, go to, like, South Florida, they have his, like, knee drains, and then he'd go um, he'd go up to Canada, get a bunch of, like, uh, just, like um, blood platelets injected in his knee. Like, all these, like, crazy things that obviously were illegal and got him in trouble. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, okay, I mean, to be honest, Samarja, he looks like he's pretty done unless he finds a cure or he switches up his you know, whole lifestyle and stuff, you know, you know, inflammation of his shoulder and his, his, uh, what is it? Kind of the rotating tough area and the pec. I mean, he just does not look good. And Quato too, Mike, good God, Quato. He's like finally admitted like, yeah, I say I feel good all the time, but in reality, like my elbow's not good. So, oh, that's great. So I'm happy that we, yeah. you know, we put off Tommy John surgery, you know, two months ago instead of doing it then, you know, so now we're freaking, oh, cause that's just like, you know, now that like, it looks like we are pretty, you know, pretty crappy again. It looks like things aren't going to go to the playoffs for us. Now it's kind of like, okay, do you want to waste Cueto? I mean, he has very precious few more miles on his arm. You know what I mean? So he's somebody that we need to start thinking about if we're going to be in the future at all, you know, because he could be, you know, somebody that helps us get back to relevance in the next couple of years. Are, are they talking Tommy John surgery with Cueto? No, but I'm, I'm saying it. I'm going to call it out now. He needs it. It looks like no. I mean, he, he's in an elbow sprain. I mean, how many times have uh-huh. you heard of an elbow sprain, right? We, you and I were texting, like, what the hell does this mean? You know, an elbow sprain? Right. You know, he's going to see. And I remember, I think I texted you and my father. It was, it was kind of funny. Uh, when they said, um, Johnny Crato seeking opinion from Dr. Andrews. And I was just like, I sent you this text, just a four-letter word. I was like, oh, no. That's not what we yeah. need. Because as soon as you hear the word Dr. Andrews, you know it's Tommy John. You know what I mean? You could try these right. experimental rehabs or these different things like Cueto is where he's trying to put off a sprain and kind of, you know, work the, I believe it's the UCL, work it back into shape. But like I said, yep. when you do as much twisting and jerking as he does and all the snapping off the sliders and trying to get movement on his fastball and his change piece, I mean, all those things are putting a lot of pressure on the inside of your elbow. So that kind of scares me. And I do think that now that he finally admitted that something's wrong, uh, I think he's going to go to another stint on the DL if he doesn't get right in the next couple of days. And then it looks like, for me, I, I hope the Giants will be able to shut him down, you know, before we get like midway through August. So at least he could be somewhat healthy and recovering by spring training and kind of throwing a ball around and whatnot. Some, you know, some, some Tommy John takes forever, some don't. So. Well, I, I knew something was wrong when uh, I saw his last rehab start in Sacramento. And I don't know if you remember, I texted you and I said, uh, yeah, he, this, this, he could be injured because – um they well first number one the the team the manager and the trainer and stuff went out to the mound twice they they actually stopped stopped the game and went out to the mound twice to check on him and they went back and and, and it was a good meeting i mean it wasn't something like they went out and asked him of, you know are you okay he says yes and they left no they they went out and they talked to him for quite a bit and then they went back to the dugout and then i think the two innings later they come back out again and they talk to him and they they leave the mound and he pitches. Then I believe it was the sixth inning. Um, and, and if if you guys think of you know when there's an injury to a pitcher, uh, an unexpected injury to a pitcher, the pit the new pitcher that comes in has ultimate ultimate pitching count and so that he can get ready because it's an emergency basis. Well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, Cueto left the game. Uh, we saw him walk, walk, 
towards the fence, which is the exit out of the game, and leave the game, and pitcher came in, I don't remember who it was, and threw as many pitches as he wanted to warm up because when it was a situation, they decided to shut him down once he got into the dugout um, after after that half inning. So it, it's been since then, and he hasn't pitched anywhere near. He's had a couple good innings, but nowhere near Cueto style uh, since he's been up in the major. So I think even I since, think, and, since that final game, he's been hurting. Yeah, and partner, I think I just looked right now. It looks like he's for sure going to the DL. Uh, they're placing him back on the DL today. He's going to see doctors and get reevaluated uh, early this week. So see what happens. But man, oh man, yeah, it's uh, like you said. I mean, once the guy comes off the mound and you see him exit, it just shows you, like, okay, that's not good, <laughs> right? Like, there's no frustration. They're not throwing their glove or anything. It's like, nope, he's hurt. He's struggling, the arm's hanging, you know, by a thread. So, uh, it's a little bit tough. Oh, Mike, real quick before I forget, uh, pretty cool little stat. So, I believe Bruce Bochy passed up the great Casey Stengel um, for managerial wins. I think he uh, – I forgot how many oh, wow. he had. But anyway, I think yesterday's, yesterday's win helped put him in 11th place. And it was funny because Bochy wasn't even managing the game. He actually was in uh, right. the Cooperstown uh, – he's in Cooperstown to watch uh, Trevor Hoffman get inducted and his old teammate Alan Trammell. Uh, so that was some pretty cool stuff. So um, I think uh, Posey made some jokes too. Went down to Zeke Baritone, Pochi impressed him. He said, "Hey, you know, I think he'd be pretty cool with us if he keeps scoring eight runs." So stay away. Um, yeah. So you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Giants can keep hitting for their manager once he returns from his awesome trip to Cooperstown in the middle of which has been kind of a horrific season due to injury. Guy, I mean, and then uh, who didn't two players get hurt yesterday? McCutcheon. Got hurt, and McCutcheon then and Pablo, who, yeah, Pablo, Pablo, yeah, Pablo, right? Yeah. So there's a hamstring. Right. Pablo ran a triple out. Maybe, maybe pushed it a little too much. <laughs> you gotta know where he is. And then McCutcheon, what? He, I think he found that ball off his foot, or um, or had a ball. I think something like a ball off his foot. So, man, but yeah, I mean the Giants, what were three, three and eight in our last eleven? Uh, looks like we've we've lost a bunch of series in a row. And Mike, one thing on the on the notes that I was looking at the notice is that we seem to have a lot of trouble against the better teams as of late. So whether it's the Brewers, whether it's one, you know, the, uh, whether it's the A's kicking our ass both times, uh, you know, it seems like you know, we're having a tougher time getting going against these top caliber teams that are fighting for playoff lives. So uh, it looks like, too, the intensity. Uh, the Giants don't seem to have the intensity that these other playoff teams have because we've been ravaged by so many injuries. So I don't know if that's something you've noticed while watching the games, but – it definitely looks too at the Giants. You know, we fall behind early, and it looks like, okay, the game's over. Yeah, and I think the the hardest part about this year was is our bullpen. I don't know what happened, but we started off so strong in that bullpen. I, I remember a lot of the episodes we talked about how great our bullpen was, and now we're looking at something that's not even close to what was in the beginning of the year. So, Maranta is probably the only bullpen relief guy. Uh, Will Smith, yeah, too. But, really, out of that whole bullpen, there's only two guys that, are, that you can still count. Yeah. Crazy, huh? It's, yeah. It's and, and the thing is, too, Mike, if you look at this, if we trade, say, Dyson, Will Smith, or even Watson, we're going to be even, you know, have even less of a, an impressive bullpen. So, it really, really could get bad if things, you know, get shaken up in the next couple of days here before the trade, uh, trade deadline. So uh, it just goes to show, you know, hey, the Giants definitely are in a very peculiar position. I, I think we should sell. Obviously, I'm sure you can tell from my tone. I'm saying sell, 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 because there's no way, even if we do sneak into the playoffs, there's no way that our current roster could hang with any of the, uh, you know, top National League teams and for sure not with the top American League teams. Those teams are just yeah, looking good, smack us all over the place. And, and as you mentioned, we're losing to the A's. We're losing to the Brewers. Uh, I mean, we lost three out of the four to the Brewers, even though – I mean, right. and, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. I mean, like, at least the A series was close. You know, we, we yeah. could have won – we could have won all those games, you know, but, but this Brewers series really just took whatever oxygen that we had holding on to and just removed it. And we're thinking fast because, wow, did they just ever come in and blow the doors off? And not only did they blow the doors off of us, they, we weren't even in Milwaukee. We, 
they they played like we were in Miami before. So, oh my goodness, was it ever ugly? Yeah, that was a lot of runs we gave up. So yeah, I mean that's and you know, Mike, this is I, I think we talked about this about a month ago. I was telling you, I was really worried. That I'm worried that we're gonna be around 500 and just within sniffing distance the distance of the playoff spot, and then we're gonna not sell. And that's just gonna ruin everything. Whereas I'd rather us kind of lose a few more games earlier and get worse at it. Um, so, oh, I mean, oh, yeah, it's, it's tough because, you know, right now it's just like we took a hell of a time to start, you know, this huge losing streak. We, we snapped it yesterday, but, I mean, just losing, we had, I think, like four in a row at, at least before that. So, oh, it, it's tough, you know, as a Giants fan, you got to remember that it's 162 games and that, you know, at the end of August, you could be seeing high praises on end to this, you know, random, random little guy that we picked up off waivers or who knows, you know, God knows what. So, it's all up there, but I do think with the Rockies, I think the Rockies went and took care of Oakland for one of their series. They're getting better. Uh, Arizona's only improving and getting healthier and stronger. The Dodgers, obviously, are the team to beat right now in the National League West. So uh, it seems like that we are soon going to go back to what we were last year, and we're going to be anti-Dodger fans. So we'll also, we'll be rooting for the Giants to win, but the most important, you know, other most important stat of the day is the Dodgers lost. Yeah, exactly, and it's <laughs> – it, you know, that's one good thing about being a Giants fan is if your team's out of it, exactly. at least you can root for every other team that plays the Dodgers. Exactly. Like, I mean, I remember as a child, I used to read these books, and like my grandpa would tell us, hey, you know, there's always talk the whole joke. You know, there's, two, there's two things a Giants fan wants every day. You want the Giants to win, you want the Dodgers to lose. Right? If one of those happens, it's a good day in baseball. Oh, yeah. You're a winner either way. So, man, oh, man, yeah, so you can't say that. Hey, Mike, so speaking of the Dodgers, do you think that once the Dodgers went out and got Machado, do you think they kind of just suffocated the Giants' playoff hopes? I mean, I know that sounds funny, but once they got Machado, it kind of seems like all the wind and all the air kind of just exploded out of the Giants' balloon and just kind of popped our little happy bubble we had. Because we were sitting there, I think we were in third place-ish. We were above the Rockies. We were playing well. You know, we had just taken a couple of big series. Uh, I think we had bounced back nice from our ugly Miami trip. Uh, so we had a couple good, you know, some momentum. It's a good series, but then the Machado trade happens, and it's funny because the Giants called in a, a team meeting after the Machado trade, apparently. Or I don't know if they called a team meeting, but it was brought up in their meeting uh, that Manny Machado is all Dodger. And they say, hey, you know, we're not going to have a Machado, you know, walk through our doors. We don't have the prospects to go out and get that. We don't want to go above the luxury tax and go get that. So we need you guys in-house to start performing. So I don't know if they put more pressure upon the Giants, and everyone started to grip a little harder and kind of, you know, go a little stronger than normal, or I don't know if it was just kind of, you know, hey, it's the freaking dog days, you know, it's the end of July, almost August, so it's getting, you know, the grind time of the season. But whatever it was, it just seems like the correlation of the Giants' downward swing and Machado is just kind of something that we need to maybe look at and kind of look at, I mean, we can look at it maybe later throughout the season to see really how much it is. But as of right now, it seems like Machado going to the Dodgers is the final kind of curb stomp kick to the back of the head. Yeah, you know, it, you hate to see or say that that that's uh, the root cause, but I think it does have an effect because it's almost like whoever strikes first is going to hold or hold the power, and it just seems like the Dodgers with the Manny Machado trade swung the first punch, and it's up to us to whether we're going to just stay down from that punch we're going to get up and be fighters. And right now it doesn't look like we're getting up from that punch. And as you see, as you say, it will be interesting to see how, how much that actually correlated as the season goes on. But I definitely think it, it, I mean, I felt it. I I thought, Oh wow. You know, here's this first place team. And then they, now they go out and get Machado and, what you know? What are we going to do? Um, and right now, there isn't an answer. So, whether that has to do with Machado or not, it sure is in the same time period. Yeah. So, oh, that's just kind of—I don't know—kind of a random musing I wanted to throw out there to you and kind of, you know, see if I could stimulate in mind and see if you're anywhere on the same page as I am. But it just definitely got to me, and I was like, oh, Machado got signed. And I was—I remember after I was at work and I dropped a, a four-letter beautiful words as soon as I got the alert. Ah, <laughs> oh, blank. And then my, my little cousin was working with me, looked at me, like, oh, what happened? And I, go, and I just said, Machado. That's all I had to say. Machado. 
Machado. I mean, not, I really don't think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I freaking pray to God the Dodgers don't come even close to the National League Championship Series. But if we do have to see the Dodgers in the World Series again, I am praying that one of the American League East superstar teams will be able to kick them all around and kind of take care of business. But, you know, man, Mike, do you see any other teams in the National League right now that could top uh, the Dodgers? I mean, the Braves and Phillies are so-so, but they're both up and coming and playing ahead of their time. Um there's what else we have the nationally central right you have the cards doing better you have the pirates right there but obviously it's the cubs and the brewers it looks like those are going to be two of the top teams to kind of fight through there and those guys don't really scare me much maybe the cubs a little bit and then you have the diamondbacks in our division who i think could be the scariest because they know the dodgers so well and they play them all the time in you know the division so oh do you yeah. I mean, what do you see do you see any teams that could knock off our hated dodgers yeah, no, the only teams that I, I see right now is is that coming out of the Central, um, e- either the Cubs or the Brewers are probably have the better better chance. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, the Diamondbacks, I, I think those are the only three teams that have an opportunity to beat the Dodgers right now. They are just, just rolling. And I, ever since they broke that bad streak of losses that they had earlier in the year. They've just been unstoppable. So now that they have Machado, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody unfortunately beating the Dodgers until it comes to the world series right now. That's what I'm scared about. <laughs> That's what worries me, man. Cause I've been searching I have a bunch of fans, you know, I have some buddies that are Phillies fans and some buddies that are, uh, I think, Chicago fans and whatnot. We talk occasionally here and there, and I'm just like, dude, I don't know who's going to get the Dodgers. Yeah, it, it just, I I don't see the card, I, the Brewers or the, the Cubs doing it. Um, oh, my. Mike, I just got an update yeah. from the Giants right now. The Giants might be buyers. Like what? What is this? Uh, Bleacher Report's trying to mess with us. I think I don't know what this is. I but think they are. This is out of control. Oh man! Like they are leaning towards. Okay, so the Giants are planning for the possibility to be buyers or sellers, but they're leaning towards both ways. Or they're leaning towards you know buy. Okay, uh, that's so dumb. Like obviously, okay. I, I tell you, when Bleacher Report sends these articles and these updates, they're kind of pointless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Oh, right. so-and-so may do this. He may not. Say, okay, that's kind of easy because you're not going to be wrong. There's two things you can do. You can do it and you can not do it. <laughs> I was like, I, oh, right. I, I'm going to be a nervous wreck, Mike, until we get this damn trade deadline over. I just want to get I just want to get some prospects back, get some momentum back, switch up the blood if we have to, you know, maybe get some younger guys some more looks. Hey, so I'm sorry, you know, McCutcheon leaving. That's kind of a crappy thing, but at the same time, if that gives our younger guys more looks in the outfield, and it gives us more time to, you know, create more excitement, then why not? The Giants are charging premium prices right now for tickets for a not a non-premium, you know, quality team. So, I mean, I hate to say that, but it's not worth it to go to the Giants games anymore. So, I was going to go I was gonna go with my friend yesterday to the Giants game, and I was like, eh, you know, I really don't want to waste all that money and go do that. So, let's just go and, you know, go get mimosas, go chill, hang out at the park, and go to get parked and do that for free. So, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, so diehards like me, if we're the ones that are starting to struggle and kind of have a hard time wrapping our heads around going to the park, you know, the Giants really need to shake up everything. They really need to change the way that they're taking the organization, I think. And the the, the major thing is, is I, I don't even know if the Giants know what they what they want to do as far as, I think they want to do both. I think they want to sell and they, they don't want to sell because it's not like they're out, out of, the, of the playoffs completely. They... They're right, you know, four, four and a half, five games out. And what do you do? I mean, but I think as, as injuries are piling up, and as we've talked about, there's really no depth in our farm system. I really don't think you roll the dice and try to bring in some players, a couple players that may or may not turn your season around and have them for a season and then let them go and sacrifice another year without bringing up any new farm system it's so i don't know i i i don't i don't know yeah it's, oh it is it is tough 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 so i think we're playing san diego next mike right i believe it's the the fellow dwellers of the national league west playing against each other to see um the two the two best cities in california in my opinion are playing against each other for the uh, do his title of the not worst king in National League West. Right. Uh, so we got to we got to see how that goes too. So 
I'm curious to see how the Giants approach our um, our rotation again. So now that we're back to having Cueto and Shark out, uh, back to basically just having one, you know, quality pitcher. And then, you know, not that Rodriguez isn't a quality pitcher. It's just like he hasn't shown it consistently enough or hasn't shown it time and time again that he has the ability to be a legit, you know, two uh, number two guy. Um, you know, he's still really young. So that's kind of nice to see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is starting to get with one of those – times of the season where I think, Mike, I think the injuries to Cueto and Shark definitely push us to be sellers, uh, you know, for the for the deadline. But, you know, we've got, we've got to see. And hopefully, I mean, knowing the Giants when to go down and sweep the Padres and have a four-game winning streak and everybody, oh, here we come, you know, only five games out. And, you know, here we come for the second wild card. It's like, oh, awesome. So we can go get our ass kicked by Arizona or, you know, whoever in the first game. So, I don't know. It's kind of hard. But as a spoiled, you know, championship, you know, as a spoiled fan of all these championship teams that – you know, you kind of understand that now we kind of have that mentality where it's championship or nothing. You know, I don't want we don't, we don't want a middling kind of team that's gonna waste a bunch of money and take away a lot of prospect uh, playing time. If that you know makes any sense. Well, yeah, and and to tell you, uh, you're not you're not the only one spoiled. I'm spoiled too, and I've and I've been through the '80s of the Giants and remember those teams and losing 90 to 100 games a year, and and all of a sudden they're winning. World Series every other year. I'm I'm expecting the same thing as you are, and it's you know they they spoiled. I, I think any Giant fan that's been around no matter how long, even longer than me, you know, um, are spoiled too, just because they've won so many World Series in so many years that you expect it to happen every single year. And it wasn't too long ago that they were even in the playoffs against the Cubs. So we we come to expect that, and right now it's that not only did they have a disastrous year last year, uh, and I don't even know what why that occurred. I mean, it wasn't like they were filled with injuries. I stopped paying attention halfway through, so maybe that was the case. I don't know, but <laughs> they were rough, just that was a rough year. Yeah, and um, they they almost lost a hundred. What did they end up losing? Like ninety three games last year. I thought we got to hundred. No. Or no, no, we were no, really I close. Think, we were like really close because yeah. we were like barely. Remember, Pablo Pablo Sandoval had a walk off hit in the last game of the season to take away the number one pick. So that's how exactly. they cut the number one pick instead of us. So I was like, oh, dude, like Pablo, the one time you come yeah. through, like we don't want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like not now. <laughs> Save that for next year. Um, speaking speaking of Pablo, is there anything on him? Is he is he deep? DL bound, or is it just one of those things, um, or do we not know? I thought I read something that said more so day-to-day, but I also could be totally wrong on that. But, I mean, with a hamstring on a bigger guy like that, you really want to take precaution with that, you know what I mean? And then also on top of that, with Bell always getting hurt and Longo always getting hurt, you really need a corner backup guy. So if they have the ability to start, you know, resting Pablo and let Longo get back into the, uh, you know, everything and let belt play, you know, a lot of first base and maybe, you know, keep, I don't know what Darnold was playing for a little first base and, um, Slater. Did I see Slater playing a little first base? Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. we get Pablo yeah. a few days extra off. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, ah, uh, that's tough because you also, he's kind of somebody you want to watch. Right? That's fun. But at the same time, like he's getting older and Pablo, this is terrible to say, he shouldn't really be part of, you know, our future playoff aspirations, if that makes sense. You know, maybe as a bench player, right. but Pablo shouldn't be, you know, the key contributor that he is on the team right now for a team like that we want, like you said, you know, teams like, you know, fans like us that are spoiled, you know, where we expect a championship or at least a good playoff run. Uh, Pablo, you know, and Gorky Hernandez shouldn't be our top offensive players. <laughs> no, right. exactly, exactly. We, we shouldn't have to be relying on these guys. And, that, and that's one of the biggest reasons why – we, we lose three out of four to Milwaukee is because we're hoping Gorky Hernandez hits a home run or we're hoping that, you know, a, a player like Pablo Sandoval, who's batting 250, you know, comes up in, in key situations and gets, gets one of those over-the-head swings and knocks in two runs. You know, if you're relying on that to win ballgames, you, you're not going to win um, too many and you're definitely not going to make the playoffs. Not at all. And like, yeah, exactly. So that's what you got to be worried about is because those guys, you know, those guys are cool, you know, ancillary pieces. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's, 
that's a cool, you know, you add me on, you know, kind of keep that guy on your bench. He's your 24th, 25th kind of guy. But if, you know, you're asking Gorky Sanders to be your freaking number one, or you're asking, you know, God forbid anything happens to Madbum, if you're asking, you know, Rodriguez or Suarez to be the number one starters on this team, like, then you're really, you know, you're really getting to an area you're like, okay, that's not exactly what we're looking for. Now, since you brought up Rodriguez, do you think, obviously not now because he doesn't have the sample size, but do you see him being a number one guy? You know, just the mentality he has, I just like the way he goes at it. I mean, he just, he just like, has that, like, freaking balls to the wall. You know what I mean? Kind of like, okay, trying to sack up and let's go. And I like that. He, um, You know, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but I wouldn't mind eventually seeing him be our closer. I know that sounds nuts, but, I mean, the, the stuff he has and the kind of, the, the, you know, the way he gets after it and his enthusiasm and his intensity, I feel like he would just be fantastic in the back end of the game coming out pumping, you know, upper nines if he's allowed to just let it, you know, let it freaking fly for a minute instead of having to try to, you know, save himself for six, you know, five, six innings. Like a starter has to do, just go out there and freaking balls to the wall. I mean, I, wanted, I, called, I called for Shark to be our closer, too, and the guy – you know, probably can't even close the door right now because of how jacked up his shoulder is. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I've, I've said that are crazy. But I would like to see eventually uh, – I, I do think he could be a number one guy, Mike. I do think that eventually he will be – he'll settle into our number two uh, slot behind Mad Bum if we keep him. Uh, and once we eventually get out of the uh, Cueto uh, and Shark contracts, or at least it is done with us, I think he have an opportunity to be a number two. But him and Suarez can definitely be guys that, you know, will really uh, stabilize our team and help move us into the next era – of Giants pitchers. Yeah, those two guys really, really seem to be cogs of the system, of that pitching system. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for next year to see how well they're going to perform because there's, I don't know how many times we've seen players have great rookie seasons and then the following year, oh, guess what? They they went over during during the you know, the off time and figure it out. Okay. Well, guess what? He's easily attacked if he throws the curveball because it's going to go to the right side of the plate and, you know, it's going to be an 84 mile. So look, look for that and just get wrapped. And all of a sudden that rookie season that was so good turns out to be, uh, not so good. It's not sustainable. So I'm, I'm looking forward to next year for those, those kind of players. Yeah, they're doing great now, but how are they going to do when next season rolls around? Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely, you know, another thing or the other we worried about. So yeah, it's all it's all fun. You got to look ahead and kind of see all see all that stuff. So kind of curious to see how we bounce back. But like I said, right now this is the this is the, the time I think where we gotta just freaking take take advantage of everything. Uh, really, you know, see if we could uh, prey on some people that really need some playoffs ability uh you know our, our teams their players that could you know be good so i don't know it's, it's going to be um it's going it's to be interesting to see everything uh i like i said mike i think if we sell all our lefties we would get a very good return uh things would go a lot nicer for us but man that's going to be tough now how many games do we have against the padres coming up what is it three or four I think we got a three set coming up here, right? I'm pretty sure. I don't think we'd do back to back fours. That'd be pretty brutal. Um, they try to that would usually, and, and, and it usually seems like they do the um, they do the three uh, the four game sets um, against like random teams not in our division. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. It seems like a lot of the a lot of the times we do have a four game set against the National League West opponent. It's because rain out or they're trying to like a scheduling conflict or something like that. So. Uh, that's definitely another thing that we could look for. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I would love to get four against the Padres, right? Because, like, knowing the right. Giants, we need every game possible against um, uh, a worse team. So, we're going to see, uh, you know, we're going to see how that goes. But, man, oh, man, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be something not easy to uh, to overcome this whole year if we have to play, you know the rest of our games, like the way we've been playing. So, uh, partner, is there anyone? Uh, you're, you're breaking up there. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me, let me walk to this other spot. Um, I got a little, 
a little uh, trees in my way here. Am I better now? Yeah, you're perfect. Sorry, yeah, this area is—it's called Redwood City, but I didn't realize how many trees there are over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, partner, but what I ask is: Is there anyone that you, I say, are lefties, and you would say Miss Miss go like, hey, let's just spend, you know, freaking, you know, Joe Panic, and you know, getting Andrew McCutcheon together, or something crazy, or. Even do we you know do we trade Suarez? Is that is that a crazy thing? I you know I mean I know it's a crazy thing to trade away young, controllable arms, but at the same time, if that can get us some talent back and some hitting, I think we need hitting right now more than any type of pitching. I would agree with you on that. I think definitely hitting and maybe one or two arms in the bullpen. I think closer situation, we we have pretty well, um, but I think definitely one or two more arms uh, in the bullpen would be nice. And then definitely someone that can hit the ball, please. Uh, right. So nice. Yeah, just one power hitter I think would make all the difference for this team. Uh, and, you know, Longoria is a power hitter, but he's just not consistent enough. Uh, so it's just, yeah. Um, I, I would the, the players that I would love to get rid of, McCutcheon, uh, Panic, who else would be good to get? Shark would be good to get to be gone with. Um, you, those those three players, I, I think, would be an excellent start. And yet, the funny thing is, too, Mike, is like if this is basketball, those would be the old guys you trade with, like a protected like first round pick. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're gonna get rid of Shark and his contract, and we're gonna send him to some you know god awful team that just needs a little bit of help, um, you know, stacking draft picks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do we even know that 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 shark is even going to come back this year? Is, is that even talked about, or is are we in middle nowhere with that guy? And is it okay? Here's another worst thing: is it bad to say like even if he does come back, do we really want him starting? I mean, he's just the way he's been pitching, right? He just looks like shit. I mean, to be honest, right? Like, he's, yeah, poor guy, his, his arms hanging, right? So if we if he does come back, are we just pushing it too much? Is the poor guy, you know, just going way too, way too at it? So that's what I'm worried about. That's why I kind of want to get rid of. Um, I want to see if we can kind of rest up Prado and Shark because I mean we're we have their contracts for what at least another two three years each. But forgive me if I'm wrong, partner. But I mean we're going to be stuck with those guys and paying them a hefty sum for the rest of their contracts, and it's not like any other team is going to be excited to take that on. So no, if we're you're right. Have damage. If we're going to have damaged goods, you know what I mean? I'd rather, I'd rather have, you know, slightly less damaged goods for next year than, uh, you know, the damaged goods. From, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. But, yeah, if, if Shark does come back, I mean, obviously he'll be tossed in there because we have freaking nobody pitching. So it's going to be tough but, uh, to not, you know, somebody that's getting paid as much as he's getting paid and, you know, the caliber arm that he has, you know, he's, he's shown to have in the past when he's healthy. It's going to be tough. But oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think like there's said, any way we get to get rid of them. Nah, nah. Like I said, unless it was basketball, we had like the we could trade them with like a first round pick, or like next year, next year's you know first and second rounder from the New York Knicks or whatever. Some other team that just randomly gives away every player for Carmelo Anthony or every pick. Anyway, that's a whole different sport. Um, <laughs> but no, it just kind of uh, it kind of goes to show like the, you know in baseball like you write these contracts like you can knock it out of them. You know football. You have all these contracts you can avoid, you know, whether it's injuries or these guys get hurt and they kind of quit or they hold out and restructure them or all these different things. It seems like football, you can kind of get away with it. Basketball, you just kind of, you know, you trend this guy and this guy to the Brooklyn Nets who are rebuilding and have five bajillion, you know, things, five bajillion dollars extra in cap space. Whereas in baseball, they try to keep it as competitive as possible. So it's like everyone's trying to stay underneath the luxury tax, right? The Giants don't want to go get taxed and hammered on, you know, going out and getting some new guys so we can, what, finish third place instead of fourth place? So, I don't know, things right. like that kind of help make you think about, you know, these trades in a different light because I'm with you, man. I'm like, good God. I mean, okay, and I will say, I've been saying this since day one. As soon as we got Longo, I was not a fan. I just knew it wasn't going to work out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's that old. Just like, oh, it, it wasn't going to work. I just knew it wasn't going to work. I was bummed that we got him. Um, you know, I liked him a lot. I watched a lot of his videos, and I always told you on the mental aspect of the game, but just like, huh, for how much we're paying him, that's going to handicap us. That's going to be, you know, another kind of Matt Cain type contract where 
you're not even excited for the player to play. You're just excited that they're getting closer to the end of their contracts, which is terrible. Yeah. That's just not, you know, not what you should want, you know, from a, a superstar stud that used to be stud like Samarja. Because, I mean, for a minute, though, Samarja was one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, he, oh, I mean, yeah. what, when he was on the A's and the Cubs, and he's bouncing back and forth, and he was electric. Everybody, like, nobody could touch him. He was just looking just filthy. He had low twos ERA. Uh, he was just definitely one of the better arms around. So when the Giants went out and got him instead of uh, Mike Leak, uh, I don't know if you remember that, Mike Leak was going to go to us and the Cardinals, and he ended up signing with the Cardinals. Thank God. Uh, well, I'm not. I can't, can't even say thank God he didn't really do uh, that much worse than a shark. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a little, a little tough there. Uh, pardon, if you still hear me, I kind of walked in the trees again. I want to make sure I don't sound like I'm underwater. No, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. I'm going to do things walking around. It's quite funny, but you definitely get an appreciation for quiet streets and trying to find places where guys aren't revving their car nonstop. <laughs> um, so, partner, uh, another question I wanted to ask you is that do you think our line? I mean, we talk about this all the time, so this is kind of ridiculous. Does our lineup need more switching? I mean, is that a possibility, right? Do we need to switch? more guys, you know, like, it's okay, just suppose you need a bat leadoff all of a sudden. I mean, uh, I know it's crazy because <laughs> there's no way that I ever want to see the slowest guy in the world bat leadoff for us. But you get the point. I mean, he did have what? He hit the ball hard. Um, and the, one of the balls he had the hardest was an out, the first step bat he had. So, um, but it's just like, you know, there's only so much experimentation and switching you can do. It seems like before it's just like, okay, we, we're really out of options here. Like, we, we, need, to just like, we need to reboot, hit the reset button, kind of, you know, like when the it's you know it'd be funny. It's like you know when, you're, uh, when a girl breaks up with you. You know, we need to talk. It's not you. It's me. So we need like maybe like yeah. Bobby Evans and whoever else is running the Giants front office. Just you know, sit down with Shark. Sit down with the other guys. Like, look, it's not you. It's me. Okay, I'm sorry. I signed you this contract. It's like the whole Barry Zito thing. Like Barry Zito, poor guy got just booed yeah. all freaking year, year in and year out. Got booed until 2012, right? And the problem was, yep. it wasn't his fault. It's freaking Saban's fault. We all, all the fans, we want to boo at Saban. We don't want to boo at freaking, you know, you know what I mean? Like, we don't really care. Like, yeah, he won the Cy Young with the A's right before that and was the best pitcher in the Bay Area, so it's cool to have him. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, when we signed Zito and Rowan, these, you know, ridiculously large contracts, oh, you know, I want to boo somebody, so I can't really boo Saban because he's not out there every fifth day or every, you know, three, four times at bat. <laughs> And Rowan was even worse because at least at least Zito had some, you know, input on on us winning the World Series. Rowan did absolutely zero. I think he made one great catch. I think. Yeah, yeah, like one, yeah, like one awesome catch. I mean, I think ever since he had that one where he broke his face with the Phillies, where he ran into the wall. I think after that, he's kind of a different player. He's a little more reserved and kind of cautious and understood. Uh, you know, like, okay, maybe. Maybe I shouldn't be, you know, going just absolutely balls to the wall. But, I mean, yeah, that's the type of player he needed to be. He had a very weird, like, kind of like squatting over a toilet-type batting stance. I don't know if you remember that. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and that's the other hitting coach trying to hit, having me hit like that. He said, hey, man, I want you to hit like Rowan. And I was like, oh, God. And I was like, okay, dude, well, oh, no. <laughs> you know, with all due respect to Rowan, who is way better than I will ever be, at that time I was like, yeah, dude, that's not really what I'm looking for, like, I'm not looking to make weak contact with the right side, like, day in and day out. Like, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather not have that said. So, it was kind of funny just bringing up that name. But, yeah, I was, um, man, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, a lot of times it's all these general managers where they need to be the ones that, hey, this is my fault, you know. I, I know we don't have an early termination, you know, type clause in our contract. So, you know, once you sign that baseball contract, it is 100% guaranteed. So, that's something that we need to kind of think about and uh, understand that, you know, next – I think his offseason – okay, Mike, this is crazy. We're talking about, like, we might get Bryce Harper or we're in the running for Bryce Harper. I'm like, okay, first off, I doubt Bryce Harper would ever, ever, ever consider coming over here to the Giants. But secondly, like, do we really want to pay that much money for what it would take to have him? I mean, what, what do you think, Mike? Would you be okay taking him? You know, I don't know our, our cap situation as far as right now, but if someone – I'm never a fan of a player that's going to eat up a lot of the cap room or um, no, I guess we don't have a cap, but um, just a lot. I mean, every team really, okay. There's no uh, cap as far as baseball rules, but teams 
the Royals have a cap. The Dodgers have a cap. They all going to spend whatever amount of money that they're going to spend. They're not going to go above and beyond what they're set forth for that team. So um, it's a malleable cap for each team. Um, now, as far as the Giants, they uh, I, I don't I don't ever like to see a player eat up a lot of salary that we're going to spend to other players uh, for one player. This never makes any. So I'm not a big fan of that and never will be. So my answer, I guess my answer to that in a long, long form is no, I, w- I would not want to see Bryce Harp come to the Giants. Yeah, no, nor I. So that, that, yeah, that makes two of us uh, something we got to agree upon there. So I looked, I looked up the schedule and – the, the Giants, interesting oh, enough, the Giants short thing. Oh, it's one of those two ones? Huh? Is that one of those two game sets? Yeah, so they're only playing them twice. Oh, man, we, and that's the team we need, like, you know, 20 games in a row against, not just two. Right, exactly. <laughs> And, so, uh, uh, well, I mean, a two-game sweep still a two-game sweep, so hopefully we can get something. So this this is what I'm thinking. Um, the first game, of course, is at 7, seven o'clock tonight, and tomorrow's game is at 1 o'clock. So if we win both games, we're probably going to be buyers. If we lose both games, oh. we'll probably be selling. But oh, what it probably ends up happening is probably end up splitting those two games. I know, right? And then we're the, the typical Giants where you're in the in between grounds. Yeah. And then what do we do now? <laughs> oh man, do you? Um, oh, I mean, I so we. I guess we're hoping we lose. We lose two games in a row. Is that what we're hoping for? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so because we want we want them to sell. So I guess that's what we'll be hoping for. Oh, that's just tough. This is a weird position, huh, partner? Like, we don't really – it's not really fun, like, kind of wanting your team to lose and do, you know, poorly. But at the same time, in this day and age of the feast and salmon, you know, you have the home run or nothing swing, and you have the playoff teams that are, you know, home run or nothing, right? Like, no disrespect to – okay, let's say the Oakland A's are one of the wild card teams, and then the Diamondbacks are one of the wild card teams, right, that sneak in from uh, both the National League and the American League just – I'm trying to think of two crappier teams. Those teams are not going to hang whatsoever with teams like the Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, and Cubs if they're hot. You know what I mean? It's just like it's, right. the disparity even in the, between the playoff teams is, you know, monumental and kind of something to look at because, you know, obviously they added the second wildcard team to make it more appealing for all teams to get in the playoffs. They have a better situation and a better chance, you know, a better percentage, I should say. Um, but when that better percentage only gets you one game against a team that might be way better than you, and whoever wins that game is probably going to go get their butts kicked by the number one seed, and that really starts to, you know, wear down on you, and you got to think about that a lot too. So that's something else that I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how the wild card situation works out this year because, um, you know, other than the Yankees last year, it kind of it seems like as of late, it hasn't been as many wild cards advancing deep into the playoffs. And it, it only gets worse from there um, because after we go, after we leave San Diego for two games, we have four games with with the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! That's not the that's not the way you want to split six games against those two teams. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, it, they, Arizona's it, been playing hot. And, oh, man. It, it, but if if we take three out of four against Arizona and we sweep the San Diego Padres, we've taken five out of six, and we're right, we're right there. We're, you know, right back in the thick of things. So, here we go again. Do we sell or buy? And exactly, I do, I do not envy the Giants brass right now. The front office, all those guys just must be on a freaking their phones and everything, talking to all these doctors, Sharks doctor and Kratos doctor and, you know, freaking hey, whoever, Panics doctor and now McCutcheon and Pablo making sure they're fine. Like, how many people, you know, there's just so many things that are going on right now, but that's 
That's the end of July for general manager, right? That's what they sign up for. They know that if you're if you're wheeling and dealing, usually you do something really good by July or do something really bad by July. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Giants have definitely made some bonehead bonehead plays and trades uh, that really have hurt them. Um, so, yeah. let's hope, hey, let's Mike, hope that uh, this year isn't one of them. Yeah. Go ahead. A little, a little easier, a little, a little better. Uh, I was going to say, partner, something I want to – I know we, sometimes we end our podcast – I know we're coming up here at the end-ish. Uh, sometimes we kind of end our podcast on a little idea or something that we want to think about for next week. I read an interesting uh-huh. article that I want to kind of get into next week, and it's about Barry Bonds potentially getting into the Hall of Fame within the next couple of years. I never thought in my life that Barry Bonds would get inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, unless it was by the Veterans Committee or, like, some, like, you know, way down the road when sabermetrics are the ones voting instead of these old guys from, like, the Boston Globe that haven't really been to a baseball game in 40 years. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting because, obviously, Barry Bonds is one of the most talented guys to put on baseball spikes, but the way that he got his fame uh, in the second half of his career tainted what he did, you know, in his first half of his career. Uh, if he had stayed you know, skinny kind of, you know, 30, 30 or 40, 40 type guy uh, that he was with the beginning of the, you know, Pirates and the beginning of the Giants time, instead of being that hulking, huge, obviously juicing, you know, mass man, just hitting freaking ball after ball into the orbit, uh, into orbit, excuse me. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, it's crazy. Just how many gold gloves he won, how many, you know, how many stolen bases he had, how many home runs, the amount of walks and on base percentage all these crazy stats about Barry, yet it's kind of a foregone conclusion for even people like myself, where he was my favorite, he was my childhood idol. You know what I mean? I remember in 2004, when the, or maybe it was 2003, uh, it might have been before, it was when the whole Balco thing came out, right? When Victor Conti and all those guys, Greg Anderson, they all caught uh, the Bay Area Labs and you know, everything. Um, I was furious. I remember I got a Sharpie partner. I got a Sharpie. I went and I drew all over the place of the newspaper. Like I never did that. I was never allowed to do that. I messed it up with my parents. But I X'd out their faces. I put devil horns on uh, Victor Conti. You know, it's obviously like, hey, they got nothing to do with Barry Bonds. He thought it was flaxseed oil, damn it. Uh, you know, it was just like, it was hilarious that you get so frustrated. And then, um, he, you know, baseball kind of outed him. And I, we all kind of forget about him and went about our own little ways. And then the Giants totally reinvented themselves as a pitching and defensive team. And, kind of, you know, found their way to the three World Series and just helped you forget about it. But it's tough to not think about Barry Bonds. I mean, he is, the, in my opinion, the best baseball player I've ever seen, uh, the most dominating uh, sports figure I've ever seen live. Uh, maybe I can think of another, you know, Tom Brady-esque guy, but just like even Tom, I don't, I don't know, it's just like when, when, when Bonds stepped in the box, you just knew something was going to happen. You know what I mean? You knew he's going to give a good at bat. He was like a power-hitting Tony Gwynn. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's too hard to throw all these comparisons and things because there's no way you can't compare a talent like his. But uh, short story long, what I want to ask partners for next next time is or will Barry Bonds be inducted to the Hall of Fame within the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great topic. I would love to talk about that. Um, it's definitely been a frustration of mine to see every year, see him get passed up. Uh, for the Hall of Fame. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's definitely talk about that. Yeah, that's something, yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, as a, you know, that was my favorite time, you know, as a Giants fan, we had all those you know, home run records, home even run. when the Giants weren't good. You know, I, I got to see Barry Bonds break Babe Ruth, i sorry, Hank Aaron's record. Uh, I got to see him um, hit number 73. I got to see him, you know, pass Willie Mays. You see – you know, all these cool things you remember from your childhood, and you're just like, wait, this guy was just literally setting the world on fire, and now he's just a total afterthought, and just uh, no one cares about him at all, and he does a few little, you know, pop-in visits for the Giants just to, like, kind of say hi, and that's it. I remember, uh, real quick, I remember a ru- the rumor mill going on when he was with the Pirates, his last season with the Pirates, and the Giants in the newspaper saying that Giants might – get Barry Bonds and just looking at the newspaper and reading that and turning to my dad and going, is this for real? And just being so excited about it. Uh, so yeah, we definitely need to talk about, about some Barry Bonds. Um, but that's definitely next week. Let's do that. Um, you can follow me at RFL red zone and Nico, where can they follow you? Go ahead. You guys can follow me on Twitter. I got it up going now, so I need to get a little better on it, a little more uh, 
productive on my tweets. But, yeah, you have to follow me. It's at Nico Sigona. So just my name, N-E-I-K-O, and then S-I-G-O-N-A. Love anything sports. So, yeah, Mike and I are total sports nerds, if you guys cannot tell. <laughs> Absolutely. We love to talk sports. Um, so until, until next week, uh, see you guys on the other side. Have, have a great week, partner. Uh, you too, partner. All right, bye.